Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I'm about to launch a brand new course called Kabbalah of Soulmates. I'll be doing it together with Netflix famous Aliza Ben Shalom. We're going to be doing six lessons. What is love? Is love enough? Does true love exist? Talking about Kabbalah, talking about soulmates, my two favorite topics. It's going to be five self-guided lessons, a beautiful workbook, and then three Zoom discussions so that together we can really uh, work through a lot of the ideas that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm excited because it's starting very soon, and I would love for you to sign up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Hi, I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and welcome to my weekly Torah Thoughts. Before we get started today, I want to tell you that right now we're doing our annual raffle. Tickets are just $50, and it really helps support all the wonderful work that we're doing. And if you buy a ticket today, I'll send you a personal thank you letter and a special little gift. It's really easy. Just go to www.ndgraffle.com. That's ndgraffle.com. I would be ever so grateful. Now let's get started. Today I want to talk about embracing the paradox. It's a thought that I'm taking from the notes over by Mendel Rubin from Chabad at the University of Albany. Korach is the main character in this week's Torah portion. That's why the Torah portion bears his name. This man, Korach, instigated a rebellion against Moses and Aaron, which plays out in the Torah reading. I'd like to focus on the very first word of the Torah portion, which is Vayikach, and Korach took. Rashi, the great commentator, explains that he took people aside, he split the community, and he was a divisive character. The classic Aramaic Targum translation, dating back to the times of the Talmud, explains the word, and he took, to mean, and he divided. Anyone who studied political science, or even if you read today's headlines, you realize that some people are builders, people who bring others together, and other political leaders are divisive, exposing, they're exploiting existing fault lines, using wedge issues to splinter unified groups into factions. There are many ways to understand Korach's issue and arguments, but for now, all you need to know is that Korach built his platform by dividing, by dividing things, dividing people, and dividing issues. This coming week, we'll be celebrating the anniversary of the passing of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I think it's really appropriate to talk about this because the Rebbe stands for exactly the opposite of what Korach was all about. The Rebbe was the great unifier. Now, many people may know of the Rebbe's great love and vision for the Jewish people and how each and every Jew was incredibly precious in the Rebbe's eyes. That vision and teaching empowers me and so many other Chabad rabbis across the globe to reach out to every Jew as family, regardless of affiliation, regardless of background. You know, Jews are often divided by cross-section. Where do you belong? How do you affiliate? The Rebbe didn't let those labels define Jews. People came to speak to the Rebbe from all streams of the Jewish spectrum, and of course non-Jewish as well. Some organizations divide between large Jewish communities and small ones, and while there are differences, of course, 
we can't ignore that the Rebbe sent shluchim, rabbis and Rebbesins, to all types of communities, large and small. If there are Jews who need to be served, Chabad goes almost anywhere. If there are Jews who differentiate based on level of learning or scholarship or religious observance, not the Rebbe. The Rebbe treated ordinary, simple Jews the same as he did scholarly rabbis on the weekly dollars line. The Rebbe takes the opposite approach of Korach. While Korach divided, the Rebbe united. Where Korach saw and sought cross-section, the Rebbe saw it as an intersection. Where Korach wanted to push us apart, the Rebbe reached out to pull us back together as one people. Actually, the Rebbe's unifying approach goes much further than Avat Yisrael, the love of our fellow, seeing every Jew as family. You see, this vision of unity, this vision of togetherness and oneness, pervasive throughout the Rebbe's teachings. Chabad can be confusing to people. We're both very spiritual and very practical at the same time. On one hand, we're pretty old-fashioned, and yet we're also up-to-date and living with the times. Some of us are even ahead of the curve. We can be non-judgmental, tolerant, and understanding of others, yet quite principled with our own strict standards. We wouldn't be considered feminist, yet Chabad women are the most empowered. A lot of Jewish philosophy pits the rationalists against the mystics, but Chabad doesn't see them as mutually exclusive. Many separate Torah learning into compartments of Talmud versus Halacha, Halacha versus mysticism, and the literal meaning versus the figurative meaning, not the Rebbe. The Rebbe sees Torah, and indeed life, as one giant interwoven, interconnected, fluid and flowing, organic and holistic whole. And Chabad rabbis may be immersed and fully engaged in their respective cities or their respective campus, local culture and color, and program and adapt accordingly. Yet, they are not of that place. They and their families somehow remain different, even as they are fully and wholeheartedly dedicated and involved. The Rebbe wanted us to seek and yearn and be passionate about the Mashiach, that utopian principle of faith in a better world, a world of peace, a world without hunger, a world without disease. And yet, continue at the same time with our daily efforts, including building campaigns. And Chabad as a teaching emphasizes the power of thought and intent. That's actually what the word Chabad stands for. And yet also declares that physical action is the most important of all. Body versus soul, the youth or the elderly, seriousness and joy. The Rebbe was once described as an incredibly rational thinker with the faith of a child. We can go on and on and on about the many paradoxes of Chabad, but we'll save that for another time. Throughout the Rebbe's teachings, in all areas of Torah, from the measurements to the unmeasurements of the Ark, the role of the individual in the community, and the spiritual versus the physical, 
you will find many, many paradoxes, seeming contradictions, but not to the Rebbe. The Rebbe embraces the paradox and says both are possible. Each has its place. They are compatible and complementary to one another. Now let's go back to Korach. Korach, too, would have loved paradoxes, but for a different reason. Korach would have used paradoxes and contradictions to divide people into factions and to separate ideas into specific compartments. But the Rebbe takes the opposite approach to paradox. The Rebbe, the great unifier, not only of people, but also of ideas and perspectives, bridging gaps, seeking connections, embracing the paradox so that both can work in unison. Herbert Weiner was a reform rabbi interested in mysticism in the 1950s. He wrote a series of articles for Commentary Magazine, and later he wrote a book called Nine and a Half Mystics. He made numerous visits to the Rebbe and asked many questions. Some of his early private discussions with the Rebbe are actually recorded in his book. This Rabbi Weiner also spent time talking with the yeshiva students in the central Lubavitch study hall. He told the Rebbe that he sensed a certain sincerity or eagerness in their eyes. He thought their eyes looked naive or simple, without inner struggle. The Rebbe told him, What you see in their eyes is the lack of a kera, a split or tear. They aren't pulled and torn between two worlds. Indeed, Chabad is comfortable in both worlds. It sees no split, no gap. Now, anyone who knows us well knows that we Chabadniks do have personal struggles. In fact, Tanya, the classic Chabad spiritual text, speaks at great length about the personal and spiritual struggles. But most times... It's not because we feel torn between two worlds. The Rebbe taught us enough about embracing the paradox and seeking the unity that a philosophical concern with straddling the divide isn't usually our problem. Chabad doesn't sit on the fence, ambivalent where it belongs. We are comfortable in both worlds, sometimes a little too comfortable, as contradictory as that may seem. All these paradoxes are well known and appreciated by the students of Chabad. We get it. We were raised on these things. The Rebbe modeled it and taught it to us. But you don't have to be a full-fledged, card-carrying member of Chabad to learn this balance and incorporate it in, into your life. Each of us can seek to tie together the loose strings of our lives, turn the fragments of our daily experience into a beautiful mosaic to seek and reveal the divine unity within all things, to find godliness anywhere and everywhere. The Rebbe taught us that all of our lives, the sum total of its varied parts, can all be focused and channeled in the service of God. We need to see the big picture. We see no split. We don't see fragments. We see the mosaic. It's a wonderful perspective. It's a real gift. And it's our heritage. I think it's time that we work on making this vision our own vision.
I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath. Shabbat Shalom.